Chapter 19 of A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jordan Nash A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks by Lewis Albert Banks Chapter 19 The Source of Our Love for Christ 1 John 4 Matthew 27, 11-54 John was an expert on the subject of love, and he says, giving it as his final opinion, that the supreme source of our love for Christ is in our knowledge of the fact that Christ first loved us. To keep ourselves refreshed with this very consciousness of Christ's love, I think it is very desirable that we should carefully read, much oftener perhaps than most of us do, the details of the loving sacrifice which Jesus Christ made for us. You tell me that Christ died for me. But that bald statement means very little compared to its meaning. When in my imagination I go and kneel beside him in the garden of Gethsemane, and see the anguish on his face, and watch the bloody sweat drops swell and fall from his forehead, and hear him as he says, Not my will, but thine be done, and know that it is for me that he is willing to suffer so. Or when I go with him through the darkness, illuminated only with the torches of the cruel mob of officers that have arrested him, and on to Pilate's judgment hall, and follow him as the crown of thorns is pressed down upon a sensitive brow till the blood starts, and watch them bear his shoulders for the scourging, and see the heavy lash as it falls on his bare back, until every time it strikes, it seems as though it were cutting my own quivering flesh. And yet, as I look through my tears and see the patience and love in his face, I say to myself, He is bearing it all for me. And then I go with him. As they put the heavy cross on his shoulders, and he carries it out and on the road, until he sinks under it. Not because he is unwilling to carry it to the end, but because the poor, wounded, tired-out body has not strength enough in it the cruel load. Then Simon the Cyrenian comes up and is pressed in the service. And the Christ follows on until we come to the place of crucifixion. I hide my head, because I cannot bear the sight, while the nails are driven through those gentle hands that had quieted the fever and many a burning brow. And while the nails are driven through the feet that had been wet with the grateful tears of the woman who had been ransomed and redeemed by his loving sympathy, But there is suddenly a great shout, 
and my interest gets the better of my horror. And I lift my eyes to see that the cross, with its precious sacrifice, has been lifted into its place. And that about the base of it surges a wild and hooting mob. They are abusing him. They are insulting him with harsh and taunting words. They hate him simply because he is good. And then his lips move. The mob is silenced by its curiosity to hear what he will say. They think he will fling back some taunt into their faces. This is the taunt they hear, not addressed to them, but with infinite love and look and divine reverence and expression. The gentle, pleading words fall on the ears of the hushed mob and beyond it to me. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How my heart goes out to him as I feel that his suffering and his prayer and all the tender self-giving is for me. John knew what he was talking about when he said, We love him because he first loved us. I repeat it. We ought to read these incidents of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ more frequently and more thoughtfully than we do. It is not in man to let his imagination rot out upon these incidents of the giving of the life of Jesus Christ for us without our own love being aroused in return. And this is all perfectly natural. Love must have incident and detail to hold on to. Love is fed and nourished by kind looks, by tender words, by caresses, by deeds of self-denial, by unusual efforts to please. If you look back over your own friendships, you will see that love does not spring up ready-made. At somebody uttering the simple statement, I love you. There must be a background for love. The eye, the ear, the hand, the lips, and all the windows of the soul must have some evidence of their own must have some incidents of love for the imagination to dwell upon, for the soul to paint its inner pictures, which it may study and muse about, while love grows and finally fills the heart with rapture. Now all this must be a type only of what love is between our souls and Christ. Do not for a moment the great blunder of supposing that your Christian experience is something so entirely different from the rest of your life that it is in any way unnatural to it. It is not. If you love your friend because day by day there have been coming the little happy signals of love that have shown themselves in look and tone and touch and word upon which the mind and heart have seized, 
then you may be sure that your love for Christ may be refreshed and nourished in the same way. Dwell often upon the details of his loving sacrifice in your behalf, and your love will bud and blossom in return. But if we open our hearts to him in daily prayer and meditation, there will be new expressions of love coming from him to us that will warm our hearts into ever deeper enthusiasm and more precious rapture. He has promised that if we invite him, he will come into our hearts and sit at the daily feast, and we shall sup with him, and he will sup with us. In such a heart there goes on a love life between the soul and Jesus Christ that becomes more sweet and beautiful as the years advance, and which can only find complete fruition in heaven. End of chapter 19